Coming up on this edition of Out of the Blue from Middle Tennessee State University, we learn about our concentration in real estate, yet another innovative ready-to-work program offered by our Jones College of Business. We discover the Dolly Project, an effort by our School of Music and Department of Recording Industry inspired by the work of the legendary country music star. And we learn about the many diverse educational opportunities available to MTSU students at our study abroad fair later this month. I'm Andrew Oppman, and this is Out of the Blue. Welcome to Out of the Blue. I'm Andrew Oppman. Nearly two-thirds of the wealth in the United States is represented by real estate holdings, and employment in the real estate and construction industry typically accounts for 5 to 7 percent of the total U.S. labor force. That's why our real estate concentration in the Jones College of Business is another great example of one of our ready-to-work degree programs. Here to tell us all about it is Dr. Philip Seagraves. He heads the program and he's the faculty advisor to Raider Realty. Welcome to Out of the Blue. Thank you, Andrew. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. So let's, let's talk a little bit about real estate, the, the degree program. It's a, there, it's a concentration, it's a minor. What's the difference? Help me through that. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. It's really all of those things. Real estate at MTSU gives the student who really has an interest and a passion in real estate a lot of different options. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the great things about the program. The student can get a degree in real estate finance. So they get a finance degree uh, in the bachelor, a bachelor of Business Administration with a major in finance and a concentration or an emphasis in real estate. So they graduate with the ability to say, I've got a finance degree, or if they're gonna go target a real estate company, they can say, I have a real estate degree. Students can also get a major in something like marketing or entrepreneurship or accounting, but specialize in real estate. Keep in mind that every company has real estate. They have real estate that they rent or lease. Mm -hmm. They have real estate that's the key part of their product, their locations, like every McDonald's location, every Starbucks company. Think about it. those are real estate companies. It's not a coffee company, it's not a hamburger company. Mm -hmm. McDonald's owns all of their locations and rents them to the local operators. That's how they make their money. So students can also get a Bachelor of Science degree in commerce and then minor in real estate. So there are many different options for getting into the real estate business through the Jones College. I like that, it gives a lot of flexibility. If I really see me wanting to be in that marketing slash entrepreneurial lane in, in my real estate career, I can basically have the best of both of those concentrations, both of those, those degree options and really prepare for what I think I would need to approach the job that I want. That's right, that's right. Well, walk me through also about the demand for this kind of expertise. And you know, in the intro we talked about that's where a lot of the jobs are. We're in a booming real estate market here in the greater Nashville area. How does our uh, concentration in this area really help prepare students to get a job in that field? The interesting thing about real estate is there are very, very many careers and jobs in real estate that people don't really think about. Most people think about their aunt or their uncle who is a real estate agent. Right. And you might know seven or eight real estate agents. And they're the ones who are wearing their name tags at the grocery stores. They've got a magnet on the side of their car. And everybody knows they're a real estate agent. 
but there are probably 20 or 30 other careers that we can help prepare students for in the Jones College. In fact, to get a real estate agent's license, all you need is a high school diploma and no felonies and pass a test. And the test might take you two to three weeks to, to take the class for. So you really don't need a real estate degree to be a real estate agent. It certainly helps. It mm -hmm. shows you you're intentional about real estate. But real estate jobs are also in large organizations like Dollar General. I've heard they have about 100 people just in their real estate department. We've placed students at the Army Corps of Engineers, several just in the last couple of years, who work and help negotiate property rights around the state's lakes and rivers and help uh, even along the border wall between uh, U.S. and Mexico, negotiating with ranchers over, over property rights for putting up that wall. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the, the careers in real estate really are so wide and broad. Every company has a real estate department for the most part, large companies that help figure out where their next locations are going to be. So the opportunities in real estate are way beyond just selling houses. Not to downplay that segment because it's probably the biggest area, but every person who wants to buy real estate is typically going to borrow money so we prepare the real estate mortgage and loan officers. We prepare the appraisers. Mm -hmm. We prepare the property managers who run the shopping centers and the malls and the office complexes. We prepare the people who work in the government organizations like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. So mm -hmm. it's a really a neat and broad area of just getting into real estate. How did you get interested in this? How did, where did your passion for this begin? When my wife and I were moving away from uh, Atlanta for the first time to take a, a position in a different city, we had a house we couldn't sell. And I became what, what people often call the reluctant landlord. So a house I couldn't sell. I still needed money to move into my new house. So we said, well, why don't we just try renting it out? And the check started coming in and the check was bigger than our mortgage payment. And we said, you know, this is kind of a pretty cool thing. But for us, it turned out really well. It got me excited. And then I started working a lot in real estate sort of on the side mm -hmm. and uh, began to build a real estate portfolio as an individual. And then at one point in my career, I said, you know, real estate is so exciting that I, didn't, I made it my full-time job and decided to go in and helping other people do it as an academic. Well, let's talk about Raider Realty because when we talk about ready-to-work uh, degree programs and academic offerings, one of the components is can we offer offer not only classroom work, but practical experience. Mm -hmm. and, and Raider Realty really strikes me as a great collaboration and partnership between a very prominent area realty company and our great faculty. Talk, talk how this works and what it is. So when we looked at real estate, the biggest area, which is typically brokerage, young people, students really hadn't, didn't have any way to get started unless they went to a real estate company and said, can I just put signs in the yard? And you don't learn as much. You're around it but there was really no way for them to get their start as an agent, as a broker. So we said, well, how can we solve this? So I got some students together and got some, some alumni and some people from in the community, and we actually formed a real estate company. We had a, a huge, huge help, and that was from the Bob Parks organization and Kathy Jones, who's a, who are both big supporters and proponents of MTSU. And they helped us create an incubator right inside the Parks office. We're an independent, separate company, but they have helped us, mentor us, given us access to systems and their people so that our little fledgling real estate brokerage has got a, a real company wrapped around it wow. to help it learn and grow. And our, our students can help be a part of their sales training meetings and their programs and help learn the systems. So being able to prepare students can get their real estate license while they're still a student. Mm -hmm. Before they graduate, they can work on transactions and actually earn real commissions. This is, these are, they're earning real money. Money they keep. Absolutely. Wow. This, is, this is not a, a charity thing. It's not, a, it's not a, a university program. It is certainly aligned with the university. And we've helped lots of professors. We've helped students buy houses. But it is a real company. And I can't 
tell you how good it feels to get emails from students saying how it really helped them get a start, and it's just been amazing. That's fantastic. So they, the practical experience they're getting, they're getting all of the, everything if I were doing this for my full-time job, I'd be experiencing this now, interacting with customers, uh, That's right. dealing with deadlines, uh, disappointments. Right. That's right. I mean, you work hard on something and you don't get the sale. They, they're living through that. That's right. And this is the time to do it. Mm -hmm. This is the time to do it. They are stubbing their toe. They're making mistakes. And every mistake they make makes me proud because they're learning it now. They're learning it in an environment where they've got help, counseling, mentoring, and somebody to help them not get discouraged, help them through those issues. Another great program in the Jones College of Business. It's Absolutely. really making a difference. Philip, thanks for coming on the show and telling us all about it. All right, thank you very much for the opportunity. We'll be right back. Your MTSU Alumni Association has a goal of placing this pin on the lapel of all those who call this campus theirs. Let's pass that tradition on. Let's pass it on. You know you gotta come I am True Blue. As a member of this diverse community, I am a valuable contributor to its progress and its success. I am engaged in the life of this community. I am a recipient and a giver. I'm a listener and a speaker. I am honest in word and deed. I am committed to reason, not violence. I am a learner. Now and forever. I am a Blue Raider. I am a Blue Raider. I'm a Blue Raider. True Blue. Pass the tradition on. Pass the tradition on. Pass it on! Do you want the advantages of a major university with the Ivy League experience of an honors college? What you're looking for is right in front of you. Middle Tennessee State University's beautiful campus is home to over 140 majors taught in state-of-the-art facilities. Our undergraduates get hands-on experience, working alongside a highly respected and caring faculty. Take a closer look. Become True Blue. Welcome back to Out of the Blue. I'm Andrew Oppmann. Dr. Deanna Little is a professor of flute in the MTSU School of Music. She's also the force behind the Dolly Project. It is a grant-funded effort by musicians, composers, recording engineers, and artists that led to the creation of seven new compositions, all of which incorporate a flavor of the music of country icon Dolly Parton. Dr. Little is here today with John Hill, a professor from MTSU's Department of Recording Industry. Welcome, both of you, to Out of the Blue. Thank, Thank you, you so much for having us. Got to sample this before we, we had the interview, and it is a remarkable effort. Can you talk to me about the inspiration of choosing Dolly Parton as your theme, but how did the idea just come to you? How did this come about? Well, I wanted to 
create a project that included um, collaboration among different art forms such as music, composition, recording, art, and so forth. One day after having a conversation with my mother-in-law, <laughs> she actually reminded me of some country music singers mm -hmm. just all over Tennessee, and um, the, the name Dolly Parton immediately spoke to me because I grew up not necessarily with her music. My parents loved her music, but I watched her movies. Mm -hmm. So I, I immediately bought some books and read a little bit more about the life of Dolly Parton, read her biography, and um, she says that her favorite composition or song that she wrote was Coat of Many Colors. So then I decided I was going to ask composers to use that song as inspiration to write some works for the flute. That's fantastic, and, and the result is just wonderful. I notice, you know, you, you, you lead off with Cedric Dent, of course, one of our Grammy-winning members of the faculty, and just some fantastic contributors here. Tell me how you went through selecting those who, who collaborated and uh, joined you on this project. I wanted to include uh, composers that had just a little bit different style to their composition. And so before knowing what they would actually write because of the music that they do, um, I knew that Cedric would have a little bit more of a gospel type mm -hmm. flavor to his composition. And Jamie Simmons is on our jazz faculty, so I thought he would have some jazz influence to his composition. I met Joseph Aikens at a yoga class about 15 or so years ago. <laughs> and I knew that he, he has a little bit more of a new age flavor. And you know, going down the list, Andy Smith, a little bit more of a Latin kind of feel to his music. And Paul Osterfield, um, he's one of our composition faculty. So he um, has a little bit more of a modern style and then Christy Sullivan is one of our alumni mm -hmm. and she was also a flute student of mine and I was a little bit familiar um, with her her works but she's writes wonderfully for the flute, so I was thrilled she wanted to be part of it. And then Bruce Dudley, he used to teach at MTSU and is now on the faculty at Belmont. He is a jazz pianist, so I also thought that, you know, again, a little bit more of a folky, pop, jazzy type of project. Mm -hmm. Well, John, you know, this is, uh, uh, you're the engineer of this project. This is an engineering challenge, but you've, you've got a lot of genres participating in this, right? And yeah. walk, walk me through the the, uh, the joy of pulling something like this together. Kind of yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, one of the things about this is that normally when you do a classical project, you'll have maybe a piano and a vocalist. Right. So you have a bunch of pieces and you record all of them at once and then you go edit them and post-produce them and you're done. With this, uh, it's like seven, completely different pieces. Right. <laughs> so we we sort of started with the idea of let's go to a church or let's go to a big, you know, a concert hall type place and record them. And we did, in fact, do a number of them there and some in Hinton Hall. But then there were a couple that just didn't sort of fit that mold. So we had to punt and, you know, make, make a new a new game plan for a couple of these. Uh, Andy Smith's in particular, the the what is it, Vento no Ritmo. I, I don't think he'd ever performed it before or played it live. And so when we approached it, we, had, we went in the studio and basically created loops and chopped up a bunch of stuff and then it had a really different approach on it. So it was fun, fun to work on. One of the great things that we're proud of at MTSU is the fact that the School of Music's and the College of Liberal Arts, the Department of Recording Industries and the College of Media and Entertainment, but so many of our best efforts come from this cross-faculty, cross-college, cross-department collaboration. Talk to me about the importance of, of busting through those silos, John. Isn't it neat from your perspective to be able to engineer a project that involves people from another college and broadening your perspectives? 
Very much so. I'll, I'll tell you a secret. I'm a music guy. So <laughs> I, I don't work in Deanna's department, but um, you know, my background is, is heavily in music. I've done a lot of collaborations with uh, Raphael Bundage and Don Alco, lots of people over in the music side. So it's always fun. You know, that's, that's kind of naturally where I sort of migrate. In. Right. And you get to take advantage of the fact that we've got a world-class department of recording industry, a world-class engineer here to, to produce a fantastic CD, right? Absolutely, yeah. Co-produce. <laughs> That's true, co-produce, right. Yeah, it's not common that um, music professors at schools have such opportunities with recording industry that, um, like we have here. Mm -hmm. As well as our students, I'll have students that get to do projects through recording industry and they get to learn what it's like to do a recording session and that's really, really special. What were the big kind of aha moments in putting this project together? And you know, with, you know every time you do something like this, there had to be something unexpected and surprising out of this. What, what, what were the aha moments for each of you? The biggest aha was organization and time. My faculty research and creative projects grant I received in 2014. And so then I started thinking about what composers, um, well, I knew what composers I was going to ask, and then I had to backtrack and change a few times. And so then that kept kind of delaying things because when I asked someone new, they needed some time to write the piece. So some composers wrote fairly quick and then some took a lot longer and then performing them. And it's always better to go out and perform them as you know, frequently so that when you come down to doing the recording, you, it's not a brand new piece. You right. know? So I think that was the biggest aha because yeah. I was probably planning on it taking a year, maybe two. <laughs> but you had to change hats, right? I mean, a producer has a different hat than an artist. An artist is, hey, I need time to live in my material. I got to create the material. A producer is trying to get a CD done, right? I mean, that's, that's fun to watch you or listen to you balance those things. John, you described a couple of your acoustic challenges. What Were there any other like takeaways from this? Well, I'm looking at Bruce's piece, Bruce Dudley's piece, yeah. and we actually ended up recording that twice. One time we went out and actually recorded at a church, First United Methodist, mm -hmm. here in Murfreesboro, and we had one performance with Deanna and some colleagues performing, and then, you know, that one was sort of, we put that to bed for a little while and worked on a few other things, and then we came back later and, and Deanna said, well, I'd, I'd kind of like to, you know, do all the parts on that. It'd be fun to do that. So that's another one where we ended up sort of migrating back to the studio to work on that a bit. And uh, the one that's on the record is the, the one of Deanna playing all the parts on it. So as a result, we've got a, a beautiful original piece of work here that uh, two terrific professors have put together. Now, how, if, how can I get my, you gave me mine, so I've got mine. How do I, how do I get this music? Where do I go? CD Baby, um, and you can, uh, you can order it from CD Baby and get a physical copy, or you can also get digital downloads of the piece. You can buy the whole album or buy single digital downloads. It's on Spotify. Oh, yes. I, I saw it sampled on that, and it, it, it sounds like you've got it on pretty much any place you go to get your streaming music. Yeah, yes. Right, well, what a fantastic collaboration. What a great project. I am just so proud of you both, and thank you both for being on Out of the Blue and talking to us about it. Thank you so Thanks much. We'll be right back. Your MTSU Alumni Association has a goal of placing this pin on the lapel of all those who call this campus theirs. Let's pass that tradition on. Let's pass it on. You know you gotta climb high.
I am True Blue. As a member of this diverse community, I am a valuable contributor to its progress and its success. I am engaged in the life of this community. I am a recipient and a giver. I'm a listener and a speaker. I am honest in word and deed. I am committed to reason, not violence. I am a learner. Now and forever. I am a Blue Raider. I am a Blue Raider. I'm a Blue Raider. True Blue. Pass the tradition on. Pass the tradition on. Pass it on! Do you want the advantages of a major university with the Ivy League experience of an honors college? What you're looking for is right in front of you. Middle Tennessee State University's beautiful campus is home to over 140 majors taught in state-of-the-art facilities. Our undergraduates get hands-on experience, working alongside a highly respected and caring faculty. Take a closer look. Become True Blue. Middle Tennessee State University offers more than 100 master's and doctoral degrees designed for working professionals. Many of MTSU's graduate programs are offered partially or completely online. More information is available at mtsu.edu graduate. Welcome back to Out of the Blue. I'm Andrew Ottman. MTSU's Office of Education Abroad offers hundreds of approved international study options located in over 65 countries. The office also welcomes new exchange students from around the world every year to complete their study abroad programs here at MTSU. Now, here to tell us all about these efforts, a savvy world traveler herself, she's going to talk to us not only about the programs, but the study abroad fair that's coming up, Emily McAnally. Welcome to Out of the Blue. Oh, nice to be here. So I'm a big fan of what your office does. My daughter Emily is getting ready for her third study abroad experience and it's been a fantastic program that she's taken advantage of since her freshman year here. And so walk me through, first of all, there's a myth I hope you can bust, which is a lot of folks just feel like they can't do study abroad. They don't even try. Tell me what you do to try to break that. Yeah, so I do think a lot of students, especially if they have a major that may have some strict requirements that happen every semester, they think that, well, if there's nothing in their major, they can't study abroad. Mm -hmm. But we have a lot of options for general education classes. Um, if you have any room for electives or minors, we get a lot of students coming in for that. Um, we promote on campus. We go to the True Blue Tour, Customs. Mm -hmm. We try to get the word out to start early for students because that's when you have the most options available. And not only do we have 34 signature programs led by MTSU faculty that are MTSU courses just abroad, we also have hundreds of options through our providers. And so it really opens up the opportunity um, if they're looking for something a little more specific in mm -hmm. a specific region or country they have a lot of interest in, we can also look through our providers to see if they have those available. You know, you, you mentioned the faculty-led programs and how those are really your signatures. Talk about some of the variety of those, those faculty yeah. programs. Yeah, so this summer we have 34, or I should say this year, we have two in spring break term, yeah. but we have 34 programs and they are all sorts of majors. We have astronomy, history, um, 
fermentation science. Mm -hmm. We have everything that you can think of. Anything and they go to go. every continent except for uh, Antarctica, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so they're all over the world. Antarctica, and they, we should do that. <laughs> <laughs> they range from one week all the way up to, you know, two or three months. Talking to a student about why study abroad, what are some of the things that you, in addition to being fun, why do you say you should do this? Yeah, so the signature courses are MTSU courses, mm -hmm. and our office has extra scholarships available for those courses. So signature programs, there is a commitment scholarship mm -hmm. that is an automatic $500 scholarship for the first eight students who put down a non-refundable deposit, commit okay. to the program early. Make we just want class, to reward so to them. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Um, so that's an automatic $500 they can get on top of our regular scholarship. Mm -hmm. We also have a media scholarship now for signature programs specifically. Mm. Um, so it's an MTSU course, you're going with MTSU faculty, students, and you're just doing it in a different setting. I know for my specific situation, I studied abroad as a student here at MTSU, and it was actually cheaper for me to take a summer <laughs> course abroad than it was to take it on campus wow. because of the scholarships that are specifically available for All taking the opportunities. a class What did you study? Where'd you go? I studied in Brazil and I did Portuguese and uh, actually a music, my gen ed music class I wow. took in Brazil. Yeah. So you've got a study abroad fair coming up. When is it? Why is it? Why do folks need to go? So it's going to be on Wednesday, November 13th. Mm -hmm. It's in the student union lobby. Um, it's going to be from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And we will have all of our signature faculty program directors that can make it there. If they're not able to make it because of a class conflict, usually their GA or somebody will come. So if you're interested in those, we have plenty of people to talk to you about all of the details, nice. as well as some representatives from our providers, the third-party providers I mentioned. And the third-party providers are basically You'd go with students from other universities mm -hmm, and bring mm -hmm. those grades back like a transcript. And we're also gonna give out information about scholarships. And then even, this is not necessarily through us, but the Passport Services Office is gonna be having a passport day on the same day where students can apply for their passport here on campus if they have not done that yet. That's great. Yeah. So it, really a one-stop shop to get all the information. I can find out about those programs in time to register. Yes. And maybe even to get one of those eight commitment scholarships, yeah. maybe. The, the deadline is December 4th. So, okay, so maybe. Uh, so that's the don't leave money on the table. That's what of you course. want to do. Let's let's take a step back and kind of take the, the, the bigger view of why study abroad. What what does that do for your educational experience? What, what are the benefits of that? Yeah, so we've found that a lot of employers nowadays are searching for the soft skills that people develop when they're abroad. Pretty much in today's, any work environment you go into, you're gonna be dealing with people from different countries, different cultures, even just different uh, worldviews than yourself. And they're looking for those kind of people that have those soft skills mm -hmm. like problem solving, empathy, flexibility, all these things that you're earning while you're abroad, even outside of the class setting. So how do you select these signature programs? Do faculty come to you? Do you yes. do you help encourage them? How does that all work? We do help encourage them. We spread the word. I think faculty spread the word with other faculty, mm -hmm. but ultimately it is the department that submits the proposal to our office and then we go through the steps just to ensure all the budget and logistic pieces are in place before approving it and moving on to our mm -hmm. recruitment and moving students into those slots mm -hmm. and everything. So what a cool job you've got. Yeah, I love it. I actually just started this July yeah. before I was the coordinator for International Student Services and then I switched. So I used to work with the international students who came to the United States okay. and DSU. Okay. And then now I'm sending students to other countries. So it's really cool. Yeah, like, it's full circle yeah. for you now, yeah. right? I mean, 
did you ever think that you would have an opportunity like this where you're helping people kind of really reach some bucket list things yeah. while they're kids, right? Yeah, it's great. And in my situation, I didn't get to study abroad until the summer after my junior year. And mm -hmm. I was telling students like, don't wait. Because mm -hmm. I really regret not starting earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that's been your office has been really consistent on the advice of that. Don't wait. Don't don't make it look like it's only something that you do for your junior or senior mm -hmm. year because you might not, the class might not make the trip might not come. You know, you might have to change and you might miss that one mm -hmm. opportunity, right? Yes, and in your degree plan later on, you know, you have very limited classes left to take, and right. it might be hard to find those. At that point, you do have to be a little more flexible because they might not have that specific course you need mm -hmm. in the specific country you want in the specific term. So, so starting early is freshman year is not a bad year to, to actually come in and no. start start exploring these things yeah, and start mapping those out. Mm -hmm. And you'll you can you're okay with folks walking in and getting that advice. Oh, we and, encourage and, it. And you'll help them get there. Yeah. Well, Emily, thanks for coming on the show. You've got a great program and a great message to spread, and I'm glad you chose Out of the Blue to tell it. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks for having me. And this does wrap up another edition of Out of the Blue. You can find more stories and videos about the campus 24 hours a day by visiting our website, mtsunews.com. We also invite you to follow MTSU on Facebook. Twitter, and Instagram for additional special content. I'm Andrew Ottman, and I hope you will always remain true blue.